per, uh, mindset and personal development was everything. It's really what it helped me sharpen my mind and stay within perspective. Because when you have those hours or days or weeks or months when things are not working your way, you start questioning yourself. You know, maybe I should just go back to corporate America. You know, maybe I should go just get a go get a job. You know, maybe my family was right. I should have been a doctor or a lawyer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I like I know exactly what you mean. And my husband can be there to be a proof of it. I literally had a meltdown yep. another day with my tears down. Yeah. Like I need to find a job because people are gonna look at me that I'm like this crazy person. Hi, this is Mimi. Welcome to my podcast, Blossoming You. I've been waking up with the one goal in mind. How can I impact someone's life today? Even if I can just help one person or one soul to blossom to better version of themselves, I'll be happy. And I just made it the daily goal. And for that reason, I have this podcast. Welcome to Blossom Media Studio. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. exciting to be here. It's exciting to see what you guys have in place over here. So, Have you done any podcasts before? Yeah, a couple, but uh, definitely like you guys' setup, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for your kind words, and thank you for saying yes to recording with me today. Why don't we start with um, you telling us a little bit about your current occupation and mm-hmm. passion, if it's one thing? or um, For me, my current passion is uh, in fashion. Uh, as much as that rhymes, um, it's something that went from being an accidental thing to now a brand of itself that's leading to a lot of different things. Uh, but the main thing right now is definitely fashion, mm. uh, creating high-end clothing for men and women and providing image consulting services for people. So if you have from anywhere from people that just have job interviews all the way down to their weddings mm-hmm. uh, we consult with them and help them dress for special events is that what you do full-time now mm-hmm. it's my full-time thing okay so you are the case where occupation and passion <laughs> is one <laughs> absolutely it's been a blessing it's been a journey to mm-hmm. come to this point because it wasn't necessarily always the case i've been in corporate america for the last um i was in corporate america for seven and a half years all the way up to february of last year in 2019 so it wasn't until a year ago that I went full-time with my passion. Wow, congrats. Thank it's, you. It's a big step. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you take a big leap of faith anytime you go all in into something you believe in. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, you, so tell me a little bit more about your background, that mm-hmm. you, how you came to the United States, mm-hmm. and is the American dream true? that's a great question i like that is it true hmm i think it's what you make of it that's the best way i can say it you know because the truth of the matter is um that's part of the thing that i'm beginning to reveal to the world is my american story so i'm actually writing a book about that now uh, from coming to the U.S. from 12 years old to now, mm-hmm. what that's been like having to learn English cold turkey and what it was like to be bullied at a young age and things like that, all the way down to realizing my passion. So I'm striving to capture that into a book now, and hopefully that will go into high schools and other things in the future. Um, but is the American dream true? Um, it's what you make of it. 
it's true for me in the sense that's given me the opportunities to connect with people like you and a lot of other people to mm -hmm. pursue and realize my dream. Um, but, you know, for some people, they don't think it's it's alive. So it depends. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, can you fast? Uh, well, can you tell us a little bit about your immigration story? Absolutely. And the reason I want to ask that is I want to know and for my listeners to just learn more and listen in and just learn something from it because that's a perspective that not all of us have. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate that opportunity because it's not a lot of times that people can re relate to my immigrant story or other people's story. So for me, uh, all began in 97. My, uh, not to age myself, but my mom, <laughs> my mom uh, brought me to the U.S. for my 12th birthday present. So I literally left Africa, uh, Guinea, West Africa is where I'm from originally. So I left back home uh, um, exactly on my birthday in October of 1997 and came to the U.S. Uh, for my present to join my sister and brother that I already lived here in the U.S. Oh, wow. What so, a birthday gift. Exactly. Still <laughs> the best birthday present everywhere. So I'm waiting for someone to top that present, you know. Right. But so far is the best one um, because obviously it led to everything else. Uh, so coming to the U.S. Um, and having to learn uh, English cold turkey was probably the hardest part because where I'm from, French is the first language, mm -hmm. you know. And on top of that, my brother that I came to live here with did one of the most challenging executive decisions. You're supposed to take ESL classes. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like, no, you're going to be around a bunch of other people that don't that don't speak English. Why just skip that? Go straight <laughs> to sixth grade. I was like... Great. Sure. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, you know. So imagine sitting in class in sixth grade, you don't even understand your teachers or um, or classmates, but you're just trying to comprehend and do good on the assignments mm -hmm. at the same time. So it was the most brutal right. <laughs> experience of my life. But the advantage is, is that it forced me to assimilate to the culture a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the, that first year was the hardest, but it definitely paid off. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> well, I guess I can skip this, but ask, mm -hmm. how are you doing and how is your family doing with the matter of Black Lives Matter movement and mm -hmm. with the situation that's going on right now around the world? Yeah. Um, it's just me extending my, I guess, knowledge yeah. on the subject. And I want to yeah. hear from your perspective rather than media or... Definitely whatever that, um, whoever that interest to put out there. But what is your perspective? Definitely. Uh, great question. It's, oh man, the world is definitely in interesting times right now. And fundamentally, Africans uh, back home, we have a saying that says that something bad can be good. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my immigrant perspective, uh, I think what's happening right now is necessary. It's necessary in the sense that the world, I feel like a lot of Americans have been on autopilot because a lot of the issues didn't really impact them directly. Mm -hmm. So they felt like things were good. Good in the sense that, oh, we think it's equal opportunity. Everyone you know, has a fair chance. Not necessarily the case. So to me, in a nutshell, I, I believe in the peaceful protest. I believe that people, that's what makes America America is the ability to have uh, freedom of speech. Some countries, even in Africa, where 
in the continent of Africa, some of those countries there, you not dare speak your mind because if they catch you going against what the president or the government says, your livelihood could be at stake. Wow. So to me, to be able to see how people have become outspoken and mm-hmm. stand for what they believe in mm-hmm. is a great thing. You know, of course, the violence and the, all the other things that are coming with it, I I don't necessarily support it, but I understand where mm. people are coming from because they've been trying to tell the world and American leaders for a long time that oppression is happening. Right. It's happening. It's happening. But because it's coming from a quiet place or a peaceful place, sometimes they don't, it hasn't been treated with urgency. Mm. So now that everyone is finally awakened to the urgency of this issue, I think I'm optimistic that great things can come out of this as long as we do it with love and some type of united front. Mm. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's you know, we're all humans. Right. <laughs> you know, we should truly have that unison. We should truly have that care and love for one another. But I guess common sense is not always common. No. And, uh, and unfortunately, history has proven to us that most of the rights that we have now were not given um, easily. You know, whether it's voting rights, human rights, you know, a lot of them were things that were fought for. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for immigrants. Some of the privileges we have weren't things that were just handed over. We had to, there were people that pioneered and gave us and fought for those rights. So that's what I mean by something great can come out of this if we really continue to do it in a way where we create better solutions. Because sometimes it's okay to make noise, but what happens after that? Mm -hmm. Are are the policies changing? Are things actually moving forward? So that's what I'm optimistic about is that with this shaking up uh, that's happening, it's creating for people to wake up. And my hope is after we wake up, we create lasting change Mm -hmm. that really benefits all of humanity. It's tough too when there's so much oppression has been happening. Mm -hmm. As a human, we just have anger comes out. And it doesn't give you a pass to do the things that, you know, looting and everything else that is violent. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's the human emotion. You need to have a place to take it out. And if we don't come together to, say, bring all these issues together and Mm -hmm. unite and solve it, Mm -hmm. the anger is still going to come out and it's just going to burst from that place. And it's a Absolutely. tough position to be in. Absolutely. But I, I I, would agree with you that something great can come out. It's just how we go about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess it will lead to the next question from your perspective. Mm-hmm. What can be done as a step towards that unity or change? That's starting to happen already is people from other races are coming together to defend the cause. Because sometimes when it's just happening amongst black people or the people that are oppressed, sometimes it's hard to have long-term effect. Mm -hmm. But when outsiders are coming together to speak for the same cause, it makes a great progress. Mm -hmm. Because now it's not just the oppressed that's speaking, but it's a representative. People become ambassadors uh, for the right cause. And that, to me, is a great sign of progress Mm -hmm. when other people are participating, you know, in creating the dialogue and like, you know what? Um, you know, even asking uh, people uh, from that race and asking, what has it been like for you? Tell mm-hmm. me what it's like. To me, 
empathy goes a long way. Mm. You know, it's like, you know what, Mimi, I haven't been through what you've been through, but tell me, what mm. has it been like? You know, let me take my perspective and set that to the side and just try to understand what your world has been like. Because I'm not you. Right. You know, and, you know, at the end of the day, as cliche as it sounds, <laughs> love is the answer. Mm. You know, if we truly put ourselves to the side more often and just simply say, you know what, I don't know what it's like to be in that person's shoes. Let me go find out. Right. Let me ask, you know, and truly being present in that, that alone takes it a long way because, you know, again, as as it sounds cliche to say that love is the answer, um, if I truly respect your perspective, there's no way I could treat you with malice. Hmm. There's no way I will cause you pain. We may disagree. I say, you know what, right. Mimi, I don't agree with the way, you know, you set this room up, you know, whatever it is. But after talking to you, I see that you did a great job from your perspective and I see how you did well with this thing. But if I'm not empathic and I'm not present, everybody's right from their perspective. Right. Everybody's right from their perspective. You know what I mean? I always use this example with our team. It's like, let's say you look at this house or where we are right now and I'm telling you, man, I like the decoration in your room. I like the way you did it with the paintings, the backdrop and the couch. And then I'm trying to convince the guy outside how nice this room looks, but they've never been inside this room. They're like, Mo, I have no idea what you're talking about. From the outside, the building it looks old. You know, it's like busy outside. It's noisy. You're like, and I'm like, but you don't get it. Right now, it's nice in here. The weather is cool. She got AC running. She got me nice water. It's really cozy. You're like, no, no, it's busy outside. There's, I hear horns and things like that. I don't even have anywhere to sit. So again, is that person wrong? No, they're not wrong. From their perspective, they're right. Mm -hmm. But if we switch spots and took time to be in each other's place, the yeah. world would be in a different place. Right. But that's, in my opinion, uh, at least, that's why war exists. That's why these things exist, because everyone, from their perspective, is right. And they're willing to die for that, for that thing that they believe in. I would rather die than be wrong, huh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, again, ego and fear, and that's all part of our world. Right. Um, so, without getting too deep into the world issues, is that again, I think right now, um, anyone that's outside of this realm of oppression, if they simply just came in and asked questions and tried to understand what's happening versus just staying in their perspective mm -hmm. and judging the world from there. Um, we could really accomplish some great things together. Um, I'm still learning. I'm asking all these questions because mm -hmm. I came from a very different perspective mm -hmm. to, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I am Vietnamese, but I grew up in Russia. So. I came here about eight years ago, mm -hmm. and I have a completely different perspective on these things. Mm -hmm. And I, just as many human, are quick to judge mm -hmm. to the certain things that I see. Absolutely. But I have chosen to put myself in a position where I ask more questions so mm -hmm. I can learn more. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing. And mm -hmm. I'm definitely learning every day. And I think it's a consistent process. Mm -hmm. um, you are very conscious co entrepreneur that you are not just someone who is building the business for the sake of business or mm -hmm. the, for the sake of the dollar amount. Yeah. You, from your speech and your answers, you care about the things that are going 
around the world and the things that are happening. So tell us more about your business, like <laughs> the meaning of the uh, company, yeah. the name of it. Um, I think it's a very beautiful story. I am truly humbled by your opinion about um, being conscious because coming from a third world country, um, I know what third world exploitation is. You know, where I'm from, or even most of West Africa, not just Guinea, where I'm from, they're known for diamonds, for gold, for silver, for all of these amazing natural minerals and, and stones, precious stones. So because of that, we've been exposed to exploitation from other countries, especially Western countries, for decades. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with that is, a lot of times the corporations or a few of the elite leaders that benefit, the citizens themselves don't benefit. So I say that to say that when I chose to be in fashion, it was very important for us to build a conscious brand that's a part of the solution, not the problem. Mm. Because as glamorous as fashion is, it has a very dark side, unfortunately, that has now made our industry the second most wasteful industry in the world, second uh, second to the oil industry. And the oil industry has been around a lot longer than us. Wow. So how is it that fashion has jumped up now to be the second most wasteful industry in the world? So when I learned that, I was like, man, this passion of mine that I really wanted to become part of seems really dark. Oh, <laughs> and no. I don't know if I want to be a part of it anymore. I almost gave up on starting our business. Mm. you know. But then I was reminded by some good people that at the end of the day, there's good people and there's bad people in every industry. I don't care if it's the real estate. I don't care if it's finances. I don't care if it's uh, the medical field. There's good people and there's bad people in every industry. It really comes down to the uh, who the individuals are and what um, purpose that they represent. Because if I gave just uh, Jeff Bezos his billions of dollars and I gave that to Mother Teresa the world would be different. Not to say right. that there's anything wrong with the way Jeff Bezos did, but the point is they had different purpose in mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. you know? So I say that to say, so for us, it was very important for us that if we're going to launch a high-end um, fashion brand, that we're a part of the solution, not the problem. So what that means for us is that no fast fashion. We're not creating products every couple of weeks or every four mm. weeks were strictly going by seasons like the world used to do with food and fashion and everything else you only saw new lines about four times a year but mm. now the industry of fashion doesn't respect that they got new products coming out basically almost on a weekly basis and what that's doing is that is um, affecting how things are manufactured and how fast now um, factories have to produce and the workers' condition and third world exploitation. So the list goes on. Wow. Uh, I just never thought about it that way. Exactly. So there's a great documentary on Netflix that I would recommend for a lot of people that are not part of our industry to watch. It's called The True Cost. The True Cost, when you watch that, you'll see how the dark side and the possible solutions. So for us, the answer was to avoid fast fashion, we only make products that we're going to use. Mm. Uh, so mostly made to order. We've never put extra inventory in landfills. Uh, we don't burn our excess uh, clothes like some companies do without mentioning names. Um, so for us, that was important. But unfortunately, that means a slower growth. Right. You know, you become a little intimidated when you see newer companies in fast fashion just grow a lot faster than you. But that's the importance, again, 
about figuring out what you stand for and which lane uh, do you want to stay in, you know, so that way you're not intimidated by the distractions or other things that are happening around you. So in a nutshell, that's uh, where we wanted to um, create our identity. And even with the name of the company, uh, again, it's Meraki Allure. And the word Meraki itself is a Greek word. It means to do something with love, to do something with creativity mm-hmm. whenever you put a piece of yourself in your work. And I would love to take credit for that, but it was actually found by my nephew uh, <laughs> uh, when we first launched because I was looking for a cool company name and I couldn't find anything for three months. So I told this little 13-year-old at this time, I said, hey, try to find me words that have meaning that really uh, stand for something. And 24 hours later, the boy found me this word again uh, with other words. And I read that at 11 p.m. at night. And I was like, this is it. I could build a whole culture internationally around this word because everyone that does something with passion and purpose can connect to this. I don't care if you're a chef. I don't care if you're right. a podcast you know, owner or whatever else. As long as you do something that's purpose-driven and you're willing to invest all of yourself in it, uh, that's Meraki, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what our branding is now is that we want to encourage more people to go after what they believe in, right? you know, and not let the limited thinking and belief systems interfere with them. Right. So that's the long version of the story. No, I love it. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. And there's so much meaning behind it. It's not only the clothing. And I just recently learned that Fashion clothing companies, mm-hmm. they actually burn the clothes mm-hmm. landfill. I was like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. makes me like not want to shopping for a really long time. <laughs> exactly. It's just, yeah, it's, that's the part of it that most people don't know about, you know. So for us, unlike most fashion brands, if you go to our website, you actually see core values. You mm-hmm. see what we stand for. You see what we want to do in the community. You see that we want to partner with environmentally conscious manufacturers. We don't partner with any manufacturer that has any exploitation or like, you know, doing things to workers in certain way. Again, it's a slower growth. It took us time to build those partnerships. But again, we, the way I look at it, I'm not in the business of making, of selling clothes. I'm in the business of elevating lives. Mm. I want to truly elevate people by the way they brand themselves the way that they elevate their image so that way they have more confidence and they go about their day with confidence and be able to conquer more things so to me it was never about selling clothes it's about really building a reputable brand and experience uh so that way we can truly elevate people's lives wow amazing i love that Mm -hmm. so tell me something as a ceo and the founder of miraki allure yeah what do you do to keep your mindset of growth and continue. I know you're driven by passion, mm-hmm. but how do you keep your mindset? It's a very good question. So I just got out of a meeting with a professional photographer. The meeting ended up being like three hours because we just connected so much with her and her team. And then one of the things I told her in that conversation is that we all knew about personal development and the books and the marketing books and personal development, but I was ready to pursue my passion But the problem is, in those books, no one warned me about the emotional aspect of being an entrepreneur. Right. Like, I'm I'm, I'm an empath. I'm a very sensitive man by nature. So when things don't work out or someone 
promises me something and it doesn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out, sometimes it takes me a while to recover from that. Yeah, you tell me I mean? about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was very hard for me the first few years because I was so emotionally invested. You know, mentally, I knew that challenges would come, but I thought it was more like technical paperwork, you know, you know, branding stuff. But I didn't know that entrepreneurship was going to test me emotionally, even with my faith and everything else. So for me, um, per, uh, mindset and personal development was everything. It's really what it helped me sharpen my mind and stay within perspective. Because when you have those hours or days or weeks or months when things are not working your way, you start questioning yourself. You know, maybe I should just go back to corporate America. You know, maybe I should go just get a, go get a job. You know, maybe my family was right. I should have been a doctor or a lawyer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I like I know exactly what you mean and my husband can be there to be a proof of it. I literally had a meltdown yep. another day with my tears down. Yeah. Like I need to find a job cuz people going to look at me that I'm like this crazy person. Exactly. And my husband asked me, "Well, why do you care?" I was like, "Well, yeah. everybody's doing something and exactly. I seem like I don't do anything, you yeah. know?" And you just go into this um rat hole yeah. of thinking and you yeah. cannot get out of it yeah. yeah yeah it's true it's true and i hope that with um all the work i do moving forward whether it's through writing a book or coaching programs or expanding our miraculous business i hope that i continue to share that message more because i don't feel like many entrepreneurs have been exposed and prepared for the emotional challenges that come with it you know, um, so I, I hear you. I mean, that's where mindset comes. And for me, what saves me is the meditations, the continuous of audiobooks and books itself and prayer and gratitude. The most important thing for me is really making sure that I practice daily gratitude. Mm. Like my list of gratitude is so long, it could be a book within itself. So not only at the end of each day, I write down at least five to 10 things that I'm grateful for from that day. So you guys are going to end up in my list for today, just for this today. But the beauty about that, when you practice gratitude on a daily basis, uh, and then eventually you have a few months of, of records of that, and then eventually you have a few years of record of that. So when you have your bad days and you look at your gratitude list, you're like, ah, maybe life is not that bad. You know, maybe I'm just having a bad season, right. but I can't look at this list of all the things that I've been blessed with, that I've been grateful to have, and then all of a sudden say that life sucks, I, I got to give up. You know, yeah. so to have something tangible to go back to, to me, has really allowed me to not give up because those moments, trust me, you will question yourself. Trust me. And, you know, we already know the worst part about questioning yourself is that you start to compare yourself. You know, like, oh, yeah, my other friend, he's younger. You know, he's already, his business is booming. You know what I mean? Maybe I should join that industry. You know what I mean? Or maybe, and that conversation, you will always lose. Mm. Whenever we compare ourselves to people, we will always lose. Because that's their life. That's not right. us. You know, so that's what I'm very grateful for at this stage in my life is that being secure in who I am and the the lane that I want to be in and being disciplined enough to stay in my lane mm. you know and that's hard because we got social media especially surrounded by other entrepreneurs 
you're like, ah, oh, but you know, theirs is so good, you know. Yeah. They just seem like they just they got it, you right. know. Right. And so again, to answer your question, mindset and my daily um, habits is what keeps me sane. And without that, I guarantee you, I would have given up. Yeah. I, I guarantee it because th- there will be times when you feel like you're completely alone. Right. Well, something that I started do, doing, re- something that I recently started doing is mm-hmm. to train for 5K. Ah. Well, I actually don't run. <laughs> nice. And I don't ever think that I want to run. Mm-hmm. But I needed something to change my mindset. Mm. And all the tool has gotten old. Like mm. I've gone to Tony Robbins. I've yeah. done gratitude. But it's like your tool, you need to keep sharpening, your sharpening it. Yep. Yes. And everything that I've known before mm-hmm. has gotten old. Mm-hmm. And I just had to challenge myself. I so it. I pick up running. I love it's it. like, what is the <laughs> least thing that I can do for running? So it was 5K. I love it. So I pick up this program um, that is 90 days training, oh, wow. but only for 5K. So mm-hmm. you actually train for 5K tr- in 90 days. So mm-hmm. it takes three months. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that and I'm like, damn, <laughs> it takes freaking 90 days to do this and you pace yourself mm-hmm. and you think that your business is going to just burst overnight and become mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. That it's not even like comparable, mm-hmm. but doing it every day, I'm learning now one day, um, I'm learning now day by day that I need to pace myself. Absolutely. And you just do it some days mm-hmm. without feeling it. Yeah. You just do it some days because you promise to yourself yeah. and you need to keep prom- your promise to yourself. Agreed. Otherwise, your confidence is going to be crashed. I agree. So this is a new test that I'm doing for myself <laughs> to see if that's something that expands my mindset. Because yeah. I do feel like we can read so many books yeah. and we can jump from one guru to another. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you need to pick something that works for you. Yeah and long term and keep it you yeah. i don't know how <laughs> if i'm gonna keep up with it because it's freaking hard yeah. running is not easy no my hat's off to you <laughs> i know that um as new as it is it's like sometimes we need to switch it up you know and especially for someone like yourself that's an achiever you'll be bored if you don't challenge yourself you know so my hat's off to you because the commonality with achieving anything in life is discipline. I don't care if it's your health. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's your marriage. Anything worthwhile having and accomplishing in life requires discipline. Mm-hmm. You don't stay married for 40 years by just cruising your way. <laughs> you don't establish a long-term business by just cruising your way or your health. It's right. going to test you. It's going to have challenges so discipline, to me at least, it's, it's the commonality. It's, it's, it's the common ground, common denominator in achieving anything worthwhile in life. You know, So the same discipline that you're about to apply with preparing for this run is similar to your business. It's similar to your health. It's similar to your marriage um, because you need to be consistent. Yeah. You know, it, you, you will have... <laughs> those habits that you have to build for it. And yeah. it's hard for me 
to not seeing a goal or trying to aim at something. Yeah. But we know that life is about the journey. Yeah. It's not about destination. Yeah. And I know all of that. <laughs> um, I have this saying that I always tell myself, whatever you suck at, go go there. Mm-hmm. Like if you suck at running, you probably should like train running. Cause, yeah. But still, mm-hmm. even doing so many things, going after the hard thing, mm-hmm. um, how I do have- you face with defeat? Um, that's a great question. I think, again perspective matters, you know, um, perspective matters. If I look at things as they are and being careful about the meaning I attach to things like, okay, um, this didn't go as I planned, Mm -hmm. but does that mean this entire situation sucks or does that mean there's something to learn from it? Right. You know? There's, again, there's always multiple ways of looking at things. So I have to challenge myself that, okay, Mo, that's one way to look at it. But what are the other ways that it could be, you know? Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is celebrating the wins. Mm. Celebrate the wins. You know, as an achiever, sometimes we don't do that because right. we just want to focus on the big result. But like, no, no, what no. is next? What yeah, is next? What's the next? What's the next big thing? No, how about the fact that you actually made that phone call to move things forward. How about that? Celebrate that. Mm-hmm. How about the fact that you did the research on those projects already? You know, how about the fact that, okay, I'm at least two days in, you know, and celebrate those mm-hmm. wins. Because as you mentioned earlier, for us, it's really important that subconsciously that we're creating wins because what that does for your subconscious mind, it lets it creates the confidence mm-hmm. that, oh, okay, we've been winning for a while. <laughs> Instead of just only celebrating the big things because there might be a while before there's a big thing. Right. And now your brain is saying, oh, we haven't won anything in a while. Right. We haven't accomplished anything in a while. And that's not good for your confidence or your subconscious mind. But yeah, I made that call. You know, I called so-and-so. I did that conference call. You know, um, This thing didn't work out the way that I expected it. But man, look at that. I learned this or I... I um, I, uh, what do you call it? Um, I learned this thing, but, or I, uh, I met someone, mm-hmm. you know, you and I met a long time ago, right? but this is our first real collaborative effort we've done since we met. Mm-hmm. So what if I said, oh, okay, I met her over five years ago, but nothing happened. So, you know, we're just not going to be friends anymore. Like <laughs> how limited thinking is that? Right. You know, so again, perspective matters and we just have to be careful on the meanings we create behind things. Because that will determine, obviously, how we react to it and everything else. Well, also, it's a lot of time to self-reflect. Like, Mm -hmm. if you keep running around and doing one thing after another, Mm -hmm. you won't even let yourself to have time to see the perspective. You can't be on the way doing a next task, looking back to something that happened before and gain a perspective. So, I think as achiever myself, Mm -hmm. I don't give myself time to kind of self-reflect and mm-hmm. just look back and analyze or mm-hmm. um, celebrate those wins and right. like just pause because right. I'm always on the go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. And truthfully, I've been guilty of that many times because as an empath and as a passionate person, when someone approached me with a new project, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let's let's go ahead and do that. And before I know, I haven't had a day off in months and I'm burnt out and I wonder why. Mm-hmm. I'm not as energetic anymore. It's because you signed up for too many things, you know. So that's one of the things that I'm also working on consciously is 
force time to reflect mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis. That's why meditation is important. That's why whatever you believe in, prayer or meditation or both. Uh, but that's why this is, this is important because it brings it back to the now. It brings it back to the present. Because at the end of the day, we live in a world that's full of distractions. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you don't intentionally spend time with yourself and really reflect and figure out what your next move is, it's so easy to get caught up in being busy. And there's a big difference between being busy and being effective or being busy and productive. Like, yeah, you're busy doing a lot of things, but uh, what did you actually accomplish? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, there's a big difference. So I would rather focus on being effective. You know what I mean? Like, how much did I actually get done with this time or time frame? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So with what you're saying, you are very effective with your time. Ta- oh, wait. I lost my... Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I've lost my thought. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so the, the, uh, no, I wanted to say about distraction. That's what. Mm-hmm. So this world is full of... Uh, as you talked earlier, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, this world is full of distraction yeah. and things that pe- people are going to waste your time if you let them to. Yeah. So how did you navigate through all of this noise of social media, mm-hmm. especially in fashion, mm-hmm. that is industry being affected by so much media? Yeah. How did you find your passion and were able to stand out with your own core values? Like, what does that journey look like? That's a good question. Well, first of all, when you talk about ignoring distractions, um, All of my notifications on my social media is turned off. <laughs> the only notifications that come to my phone are the things that make me money, like my LinkedIn account or things from my website. So that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I get on social media. I'll check it. I'll get back to your message as soon as I get back on social media. But that's first thing for me. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is I don't, I haven't owned a TV and I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. If I need to watch a show, then I can watch it on my computer. But that's another time-saving thing mm-hmm. but and as far as people that may distract you and things again i'm an empath i'm very sensitive to people's energy and mm-hmm. things like that so it's 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 a it's not one of those things that you just do it once and it's over it's continuous practice mm-hmm. it's continuous awareness about who's contacting you and is it worth it so for me i just sort out a lot of things like We'll talk on the phone first and figure out if it's worth a physical meeting because I'm not going to meet in person. If right. It's, so it's just one of those things, putting things into place mm. to, to really protect your time and figure out what's worth it. And if something becomes apparent to you that it's not worthwhile your time, having the discipline, again, the word discipline, coming back to that, mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? It was so nice to meet you, um, but uh, you know, let's stay in touch and see what happens. You know, And just nipping things in the butt early on Versus investing more and more time into it uh, before it goes further in. Of course, it's easier said than done sometimes. Um, but uh, to answer your other question, how we stay made sure that we, um, as a brand, that we stand out. For us, the way we do it, number one, as I mentioned earlier, is figuring out which lane that we want to be in in our industry. The moment we chose not to be in fast fashion, that already separated us from the masses. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing. And number two is figuring out what core values we stand for. You know, do we want to make a difference in the community? Do we want to go 
talk to kids and volunteer and make sure that when we do our events, we do charity work or we help other organizations, mm -hmm. you know. So a lot of that is really in the beginning of your phase and figuring out how you want to grow as a brand. And eventually, by the law of attraction, you end up attracting more like-minded people, just like how I met you at that networking event years ago. Yeah, that was a real long time that ago. That was a long time ago, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's, uh, that's how I, I see it happen, is that don't worry about the how and how people are going to show up in your life. Just focus and be committed to what you stand for. And when you meet people that align with that, it will become effortless mm. to be able to collaborate. You know, because you're not questioning their values anymore. Right. You know? Right. So. Absolutely. So what would you change? Um, would you change anything on your journey till now? Um, if I could, it would be to just have faith in myself sooner. You know, but at the same time, I don't regret any of it because I needed those experiences for the inner child within me to gain that confidence. Mm. You know, if the 21-year-old version of Mo <laughs> started a business, man, that thing would have lasted a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'd be like, oh my God, emotionally, I'm exhausted. I think I'm done, <laughs> you know. So if I had to go back, I think I still honor the journey and the challenges as much as that sounds scary, but because I know that I needed that strengthening process. Mm. You know, the way I face challenges now is way different than even two years ago, nonetheless, when I was in my 20s, you know. So what would you tell, what would you tell the uh, 18 years old, or 20 mm. years old of version of Mo? Stop being so damn scared. <laughs> Stop being so scared of everything, you know. Believe in yourself, um, If you believe that something greater can be in your life, um, go after it. But stop being scared of confrontations. Why do you think is that? Um, because it's a common thing that I see mm -hmm. with many generations mm -hmm. that we just scared, we didn't have faith. Mm -hmm. What can we do as entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to help? Well, I would say, what can we do as conscious entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to help that generation with that very problem yeah i think less like anything else including the problems that are happening in the world right now it starts with us you know i've heard it said before that um a nation's leader is a reflection of its citizens mm. you know meaning that we are a reflection of whatever is happening in the world so if it starts with us I need to be a better example for my nieces and nephews. Mm. I need to make sure that whatever I'm telling my nieces and nephews, since I don't have kids yet, is make sure that I'm actually abiding by that. Right. You know, if I'm telling my ki uh, my nephews to go after what they believe in and anything's possible, but I'm over here playing small, you True. know, playing it safe. Yeah, that's not <laughs> And eventually they're going to catch up and be like, Uncle, you're telling us to do this, but look at you. Yeah. <laughs> You right. haven't done anything. Right. You know, so it starts with that. And accountability is important, mm. you know, because it's always easy to point fingers, be like, oh, no, when the world does this, then I'll launch my clothing line. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll do this podcast once 
you know, everything's perfect. Right. Yeah. We want all the conditions to be perfect for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So we're going to come to closure. And my favorite part, and I think everyone says, well, is last five. Um, you can just give me short answers to this. Okay. Um, Since my podcast is about personal development mm-hmm. and growth, uh, where would you recommend someone to start the journey with? Quickest answer is think about how do you want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. On your last day here, how do you want to be remembered? Okay, so start with the question and Yeah, start with like... the end in mind. Mm. Start with the end in mind. Because if you embrace that there is an end and you're not scared of it, it will bring you closer to making sure that you value the now. But if you keep thinking you got time, you have time, you know, you're going to keep procrastinating. The yeah. second question is, what is your best personal tip to grow yourself? There's always room for growth. Yeah. And... Also make sure that you have good people in your life that keep you accountable. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it's easy to hide sometimes when you're just yourself and you've given up a little bit. But if people know you said that you're going to do something. <laughs> you're going to get like, called out. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, Mimi, I thought you were going to be uh, in 90 days. You said about the, the <laughs> 5K. Yeah. You know, it looks like you're doing, you know, 100 yards right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is a new skill that you are learning right now? I don't know if it's a new skill, but it's. I was an English major in school. Mm-hmm. So the fact of focusing on the book has really allowed me to reconnect with my passion because I haven't written in over three years. The book started three years ago, but I didn't do anything with it. So reconnecting with my passion and realizing how much I do love writing mm. uh, has been really liberating. If in 150 years, science fails to save us mm-hmm. and all that is left well, is the book about your life. What would the title be and what would the blurb tell us? So I'll give you two answers. Without me having a book, um, the automatic answer would have been The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Uh, My favorite book. It literally lives in my briefcase. Mm -hmm. But because that inspired me and my immigration story and me realizing my dream, then I would say my book that's coming out, which is The American Allure. That's the name of the book. Oh, love it. Yeah, we got And what the blurb will say? It would say one family's journey through triumph and realizing um, their dreams. Oh, I love that. Where people can go and find you and connect with you. Uh, M-O is the first name. Last name is Sisse, C-I-S-S-E. Luckily, it's easy to Google me. You can find me that way. But the clothing line, that's the unique name that most people have never heard of. So Meraki is spelled M-E-R-A-K-I, Allure. So MerakiLore.com, mm-hmm. all over social media. So that's the easiest way to find me. Yeah. And you have a fashion show coming up? Yes, ma'am. We're going to try to find a way to collaborate with you guys. So the fashion show is going to be September 12th, which is a Saturday. So if you go to MerakiAllure.com, you'll be able to not only find my information, but you'll find our events on there as well. Oh, cool. And it'll be a virtual event, you said? It'll be a virtual event. Very limited. Few people are allowed on set, but most of the guests would be chiming in uh, online to watch the live fashion show take place. Yeah. And then now people can tune in from all over the world. Exactly. I mean, being an immigrant, it's very important for me to have an international presence. Uh, I envision being able to create uh, more connections 
between people worldwide versus just being a local mom and pop shop. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your vision and just beauty behind Miraki Allure. And I just cannot wait for that invitation for Fashion Week <laughs> for your show. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to, to see what we can do together.